is this going to be like um, how Stranger Things is, where it's like, this is the end of the season, except for like in July, then we do like the second part of the season. This is season two, part one. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but season two is already longer than season one. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> also, season two, part two is going to have a baby in it. Yeah. And a lot more fight scenes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we will be welcoming a fourth host who actually won't be capable of speech for about the first 45 episodes. I mean, it's just like a farm system, you know, like that's that's like a rookie player that's coming off the bench, you know, uh, yeah. on the weeks where we can't record. The son of the current manager of the team. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's right. clear nepotism. <laughs> he has no qualifications. We just like to say that that uh, you guys are recruiting a new a new uh, warrior. He's recruiting. I'm recruiting a new hireling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gotta roll that control die because once he turns 13 boom he's gonna leave for other parents <laughs> <laughs> that's correct okay this analogy goes about one foot in distance <laughs> yeah no this is uh this is the season finale of season two oh my goodness. wow we've cranked oh. out a lot of episodes this is episode 47 i'm emotional it's weird that we're doing it three episodes before 50 is like when we're calling a break yeah, but, but <laughs> that's true. That's fair. It'll be nice. It was season three, we'll have a big milestone on episode three. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, 50 is great, but I'm, I'm ex- I think 100 is the extravaganza. Yeah, well, 100 yeah. is all that I've gotten Jake to commit to. Right, Jake? We, when we talk about the show's like lifespan, you're like 100 episodes. Right. I said uh, either we're going to do 100. Six seasons in a movie, right, Jake? Yeah. yeah. Well, I said we're going to do 100, and then if we do more, I will likely be dead. So either <laughs> we continue and I die or, you know, or, or I just die. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. yeah I'm, Jake, hate to break the news to you. You're dying either way. <laughs> doesn't matter how many episodes we do. Uh-oh. <laughs> Season two, part one comes out in 2073. Yeah, this is an episode about table talking, but maybe it should be about confronting your own mortality. <laughs> well, we've hit a lot of fun themes in season two, for sure. I'm really excited to close the season out with the third of our trilogy of table talking. And uh, we're going to be talking about like tilting, which I think is something we surprisingly haven't covered at all. That's right. No, it's kind of the ugly part of playing one board game. Yeah, it also applies not just to this game, but tons of games and actually tons of fields, right? Because the the term originally comes from poker, as we'll get into, but also goes across to many competitive fields. Yeah, and I got to be real. If you guys are getting tilted at poker, that's like 100% your own fault. You know what I mean? Like, it's a luck-based game. You can't even attack each other. Like, why are you getting that upset? (laughs) You can't even attack. Yeah, how can you ruin your opponent's engine? It's insane. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Like, you in root, like, I've had, like, my whole thing destroyed, like, completely board wiped. That's why I get upset. Like, poker is just like, don't bet so much, you idiot. Yeah, okay. My whole thing in poker is, like, the only persistent effect is crafted by the house, and it's just that they win slightly more. Yeah. (laughs) And that's just rude. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll get into it and talking about all the things that set people off. But before we do, let's get into some Root News. news. (laughs) First up on Root News, we have a winner to Root Jam. uh, And that is two winners, actually. We have Endgame and Aaron. Yeah, very nice. Uh, For their design of the... Feudal Federation. Yeah, this is like a it's a faction of samurai and farmers. 
Mm-hmm. Basically, there's kind of uh, the the theme of Root Jam was it takes two, and so there's kind of two types oh. of um, warrior, two warrior types. Oh, that's um, fun. One is more focused on kind of your like engine building and scoring points, and that's like the farmers, and they have this like hay thing, and you got to move it around. And then <laughs> there's like the the fighty warriors, and uh, there's like this mechanic where there's a you know a kind of balancing act that you can strike between the two. Like, do you have more farmers? Do they turn into samurai? It's it's uh, a <laughs> really like cool and intricate design, and. Um, there, there's a, a couple of like dashes of flavor that feel very root familiar, but just remixed in like a super fresh way. Yeah, it's uh, it's just like a brilliant design. Seems like it's super sleek and fun to play with. Um, would love to play a game with this brand new fan faction. Yeah, this a lot to uh, love on this board and on these pieces. There's even a, a card that is double sided. That's war and peace <laughs> on each given side. So. Uh, very cool design. Uh, feel free to check that out. I'm sure Jake will link it in the description of this podcast. So congrats to Endgame and AA Run, um, both of whom are longtime Root community contributors and uh, excellent players in their own right. AA Run famously the closest, I would say, to a tournament dominance victory uh, up to this point. And we're yep. still pushing for it. But that is currently, I would say, the, the closest that anyone has come. <laughs> yep. Uh, and speaking of long-standing community members, we've got shouts to Nebuchadnezzar with a new Get Good video, this one on The Vagabond. Yeah, that's right. This this video is amazing. Um, it takes all of our kind of uh, ancient wisdom about The Vagabond, as well as its brand new context, uh, given the recent kind of experiences with the Winter Tournament, and rolls it up into a totally delicious and incredibly well-edited um, short video on advanced vagabond tactics and strategy. It's like fantastic. I mean, Jake w- made sure to shout out that thumbnail <laughs> video because it is delicious. Yeah. Oh, great. in the thumbnail. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you highlighted the content, which is way more important. But yeah, awesome job putting together those videos. Uh, I love I love the root content that's springing up all over the Internet. I mean, I'm not there's there's people before us. There'll be people after us. And if you're interested in making root content, uh, my suggestion is just do it. And also let us know. Come onto the Discord and share your stuff. I'm going to push back against Jake. I think you need to go to Root School for many years. I think you need to uh, have some professional guidance of some kind. Because uh, otherwise, you know, what do you do? Wow. You know, you're tilting me right now. <laughs> yeah. We haven't even gotten to that discussion. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you something that tilted me out of my chair, and that's the <laughs> fact that ARCs passed $1.1 million on Kickstarter. Jeez. Whoa. Are they, so are they fully funded? Uh, they're, they're close. They're close. <laughs> Only six days left. I hope they do it. All the game pieces are made of platinum, so hopefully they can make one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it was weird to make helium cards, but um, <laughs> really expensive. Running out of that. Um, here's the deal, guys. Arcs is the new game from Leader Games. It is a space-themed game with a trick-taking action selection situation. Jake, we got to play our first game of Arcs, the kind of mini one-off game of Arcs. What were your first impressions? Oh, it was a blast. Like all games, I need to play it at least a second time before I give like a real evaluation of it. But um, the trick-taking, which is a mechanic that's both old, but also like getting a renaissance, I feel. Like I feel like it's making a resurgence, right? Yeah. In the game world? It's been huge. I spent most of this weekend looking at tiny little Japanese trick-taking games. And, uh, 
there's so much variety and I'm in love with them right now. Well, the implementation of the trick taking into an action system for a strategy game is a fun new mixture. It's like a batter <laughs> of of mechanics. It's very fun. And uh I was impressed. I I think I was within winning distance, but I played my turn non-optimally a couple times. And Sam, you wisely took control and were paying attention to all the objectives, and you really synchronized real well. Oh, it hits me in a sweet spot. I love trick-taking. I love space. A lot of the rules are very reminiscent of Root. The movement rule is exactly the same. Removing cardboard for points works exactly the same. Calculating rule is even easier yeah. than in Root. It's like, it's it's hitting me in a real sweet spot, and I can't wait to try the campaign, which the rules are available now. So if you want to try the one-off version of ARCs, you could have already done that, but you can continue to do that. But the campaign rules to play it as like a three-game episodic whole adventure where you keep your tech from round to round and stuff uh those rules and materials are available to try out as well i'm excited for that kind of like mini chronicle Mm -hmm. um situation because uh if you guys have been reading cole's like bgg posts his designer diary um posts for arcs i just feel like yeah he'll come up with some kooky rules that are not intuitive and are like a little just like odd and confusing but like man talk about just having a beautiful like huge concept and then like boiling that down into like a playable fun game like yeah that guy is a wizard and Mm -hmm. i i really recommend reading some through some of those if you really want to get into the mind of like somebody who's designing at at a really high level it's it's Mm -hmm. so exciting to read if you want to hear Cole talk about it too, Space Cats Peace Turtles did an interview with him uh, just a couple weeks ago as the recording of this podcast. Uh, I'll put a link to their episode as well. He goes on and on about all of the design choices and he makes some uh, really great analogies that are worth listening to in terms of game design. Additionally, uh, we'll definitely revisit arcs after we've played a few more games, probably after our little summer hiatus here, because I'd love to talk more about it as like what we think of it, both in the campaign version and in like the standalone. Yeah, version. it's so new that we, you know, there's not even like a meta yet, I bet. Yeah, but like, yeah. um, it'll be so like, like every game that we get excited about. Um, it, it's going to be fun to watch it evolve and, yeah. and grow. Yeah. And it feels like it's the third in the Cole Whirly Kingmaker trilogy. <laughs> Leader Games Kingmaker trilogy of Root, Oath, and Arcs. So mm-hmm. I would love to play them all in one day someday. Wow. Yeah, that's that's like watching the uh extended version of all the Lord of the Rings in one day or whatever. We used to do <laughs> yeah, that in high school. Absolutely. Anyway, good stuff. So yeah, if you if you are interested in seeing the way that Arcs plays, uh I would recommend checking out Garrick Samples Games uh Twitch channel where you can uh, get a quick teach and then see the game in action. Some really nice streams going on over there. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, we just, we stand Cole Worley here on this podcast. I feel like it's mm-hmm. no secret, but uh, this new game is exciting. It, without him, this podcast wouldn't really probably happen. <laughs> That's so a fair point. Fair. Uh, also shout out Lord of the Board, who was our third player in the game that Sam and I played. And uh, he's making some content around arcs as well. I'll put a link to his awesome channel too. Yeah, we're just using this final episode of the season to just like launch. <laughs> like launch you guys out into yeah. content world. Get out as there. Much as possible. Go see more stuff. What do you guys think? What, what board game would we be covering right now if we weren't covering Root? Right? Like this podcast would still exist. It'd just be about a different game. What Cosmic Encounter. 
<laughs> yeah, that's probably right. <laughs> It'd be a longer show for it, too. Jake would be like, only a thousand episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I die. <laughs> but then you play a negotiate card, and then I have to do a thousand more. <laughs> <laughs> or it turns out the whole time you were the opposite dude. And yeah. <laughs> we never should have made the podcast in the first place. The loser. I always think about that alien. <laughs> Just Didn't like, we play one where it was like we had the loser, we also had someone who wanted to lose or something like that, where they were <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. double negative that just we almost <laughs> yeah. had to consult a dictionary to figure out the rule. And then like people were playing negative attack cards, and it was <laughs> yeah. just so confusing. <laughs> it was a giant mess, and I was I was loving it. <laughs> I mean, this podcast is already enough, already hard enough to explain to people who don't play board games. I can't imagine explaining that. <laughs> to anybody a game that's almost intentionally like just they just throw things together and just kind of see what happens like a game that is kind of hard to be tilted by because you're like that was too funny to be (laughs) painful it's goofy yeah yeah shout out to cosmic encounter if you don't know (laughs) brilliant brilliant game important listener of the pod uh member of the patreon thanks cosmic encounter shout out to the bride (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's a great alien. That's a great alien. I'm gonna marry you whether you like it or not. That's We're good allies now. We're divorced. I'm marrying him. <laughs> I want half your cards, please. It's <laughs> um, the best alien. Um, uh, but the same designers who made Cosmic Encounter also made the original Dune game. Those are the same no. designers. Oh, the I d- Dune I did that was based that. on Rex or whatever, or Rex was based on it. I can't remember yes, the one yeah. with like the yes. circular. Okay, the one that's absolutely bananas the one, the one that everybody reads the rule book and like this is going to be a great time and then they play it and they weep <laughs> i've heard people like it people like yeah it. i've heard people like it i've never met these people <laughs> <laughs> all right well enough talk about other games let's talk about the game that makes us the most angry <laughs> root <laughs> the most passionate right yeah and passion um followed quickly by anger i will say um, I've had a lot of great times playing Root, and I've had a lot of great times with you two, my best friends. And I will say that during Root is the angriest I've ever been at either of you. <laughs> That's in fair. a true way, though, like in a way where I'm like, <laughs> I'm mad at you for doing that. Like, mm-hmm. um, and I know that uh, feeling is reciprocated. Um, so I, I remember one game it. where yeah. I played as the moles and <laughs> Sam went so hard at me from minute one i ended that game at one victory point i think it was like one or two i did not score like anything (laughs) all right so this is this is the one game where it boiled over between kyle and i all right let's get a little anecdotal here uh it was not too long ago even right like we i had flown out to new york we were doing a play and i brought root and we were playing with uh, with a couple people, and Kyle and I are there, and everyone's concerned. They're like, oh, you guys are doing the Root podcast now. Like, it's not going to be fair. And I was like, oh, no, Kyle and I kind of, like, go for each other. And then, like, we both just started posturing really hard, like, upon setup. We're like, oh, I'm going to be here. And then it was like, oh, really? You're going to do that? You're going to do that? I'm like, well, what if I attack you turn one? And it was like, oh, then do it. I dare you to do it. And so then we just destroyed each other turn one. Like, all of our warriors off the board. Completely I was removed honors, I think. from the map. Like, just... <laughs> 
And of course, the other two players were just racing to win. Yeah. Like, there was nothing. That Easily ran away with the game. Yeah. And Kyle and I were still like arguing. And then like we were arguing about how mad we were allowed to be at each other for Oh, that it. was the joke. It was like, yeah. um, oh, sorry. I'm not, I'm not even allowed to feel upset. Like, <laughs> yeah. You were tilted about being tilted. Yes, yeah. Oh my it, God. And it was—I don't think we've had a game that's even gotten a little hot after that. I think like maybe we got it out of our system. Like we saw the darkest it could go, yeah. and decided like eh, it's not that much fun, you know. So my question for you two is though: was was it within the magic circle, or did it just burst through that barrier? And it was also personal too. It was. It started inside the magic circle, and mm-hmm. then it there was like. A couple of like king tides that kind of yeah started to like reach outside of it a little bit. It, I feel like we both felt that and we're like pulling back from that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, yeah. A couple times anger. it would like peak <laughs> above the magic circle and it'd be like, well, hold on, hold on. Well, you know? I will say this about you two. I think you two are both um, emotionally very mature people, and I don't think. <laughs> No, I'm being sincere, and I, I don't think that. that's... I know that, but yeah. you should have seen us that night, Jim. Yeah, well, no, that's... Well, <laughs> with that caveat of that, it happens to all of us, even the most emotionally mature, right? Sure. And I don't think the average gamer is as emotionally mature as you two, honestly. Um, so I think we have to take that in context. Like, you guys must have been really pissed. Like, <laughs> I love that. Well, and I think this game brings it out of you. Like, I yes. was joking yeah. around with poker players before of, like, how could you even get that mad? Because, like, this game right. is a game with a lot of conflict and a lot of reasons to get mad at somebody. Yeah, I think we know how they can get mad is because your game costs $0 and theirs costs six figures. So, like, they're allowed to get a little upset over different things. Well, that's not a game, it sounds like, if you're going to get that mad over money like that. (laughs) I will say, though, like, chess tournaments have really generous prizes for first place and chess is a game of perfect information where you are fully in control of every single move you make and generally have like a pretty good amount of time to like figure it out well we talked about it we talked about it right in our last episode of you can get tilted we talked about getting tilted in chess tournaments and how like uh what was it magnuson ran the clock out to tilt his opponent right basically yeah or to like kind of bait him into trying to go for a you know less than calculated attack just based on the time pressure yeah, I, I played in a chess tournament last weekend, and the second game, I spent a bunch of time in the mid-game, and I won a piece, like a full rook. I was up five points of material for free, mm-hmm. and my opponent had started an attack towards my king, but I was I took a free piece, and I just did not have enough time to like really figure out how to properly defend after that, and I just completely like got nervous and Ooh. I was like, I should win this game. And I kept like resetting in my brain. Like I would get a couple moves into a line and then I would just be like, no, I have to win. And I'd reset. And I couldn't actually figure out the like proper sequence. And I ended up losing that game because oh. I was not defending accurately enough. Well, so, so when you say like, I have to win, you were abandoning the idea that you should play a, an equal move so much as take advantage of the fact that you were ahead. Is that what you kept second guessing? Well, I kept like hitting a wall. I think mm-hmm. I kept hitting a wall where like, I would think of a, a series of moves and then like something in that series of moves would not seem right. Wouldn't feel right. I'd, I'd notice there was like a weakness that could be exploited or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nah, nah, no, like, <laughs> No, this has to work. Like something about this has to work, and I ended up yeah, going. Yeah, I'm up a rook. I have to be able to do something better, right? Yeah. 
So before we get too deep into these examples, which, by the way, I'm loving, we should actually kind of define tilting because I think tilting is actually a little specific. Tilting originates uh, in poker. It's a poker term for Mm -hmm. being emotionally too invested in the situation or too frustrated or angry so much that your emotions cloud your judgment and will probably result in playing a less than optimal strategy, right? In poker, this results from usually a number of options, which is that poker, no matter how well, quote unquote, you play it, is still a game of odds. And the odds can go against you even in um, statistically unlikely situations, which can cause you to be tilted because you're like, oh, I put a lot of money on that hand. I should have won it, but I didn't. And now I'm pissed. And it's just like when you're playing Root and you're like, I just made two great battles and they were both 0-0. And I'm pissed. Right? And though statistically unlikely, it does happen. Um, So tilting is when you are letting your emotions, or your emotions are, uh, causing you to make a less than rational decision during gameplay. And I think it's specific to anger and frustration. We can talk about altered emotional states a little bit later. But uh, what I I love about your example, Kyle, was that you were kind of – you were nervous about your position because you were ahead in a way. And so there was like a little bit of elation that you were doing well, but it still clouded your judgment from that emotion, right? Yeah, it's kind of of like the – an example of a positive emotion or like, you know, so-called positive emotion having the same clouding effect as like a negative type emotion. Mm -hmm. And it – it did not help me in that game. It was actually like a <laughs> huge obstacle to like being calm. And just to kind of finish out this example, I went back and checked with the computer, like how to proceed in the position where I got stuck and got kind of too emotional to like figure out what to do. And it turned out that the, the like kind of, you know, computer best way forward um, wasn't something obscure or like even that hard to find. It was just like, I had to be calm enough So, like, consider a broader range of moves. And if I had been able to, like, be calm and extend my, you know, circle of candidate moves, I would have easily found this this line. And I was just, I got too tunnel vision, tunnel vision-y, because I I was, like, too, I guess excited about trying to like go for a quick win or something (laughs) this is such an important example kyle because that's really what it comes down to is like you are letting your emotion just not let you see all the options ahead of you because it's figuratively clouding your vision but your vision you just can't see all the options ahead of you yeah i have a term in root for this that i've come up with that's not that clever but i i call it root blindness (laughs) where like Mm -hmm. you're looking at the board and you're just seeing like one thing and it's your mm. plan for what you want to happen. Mm-hmm. And this happens to me constantly with Root because I'm such a big proponent of like, we can calculate a little bit in Root to a certain mm-hmm. extent. There's like a kind of a, you know, horizon where you can't calculate beyond. But, you know, to some extent, like you have the ability, if you really apply your kind of imagination and logic to work out a series of moves that can lead to a good board state for you. But the flip side of that coin is root blindness, where you get overly invested in that continuation or that, like, strategy. And then something happens, and you actually just miss something really obvious on the board. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like, maybe, I don't know, a crow player, let's call him Seal Rules. And Seal <laughs> Rules flips for something like 15 points on sure, a single turn. Sure. And it's because you were too focused on the fact you hate the moles so much, you know? <laughs> it's root blindness. It's root blindness. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys have pet peeves that maybe 
could be triggered in game because I feel like pet peeves are another part of this that people don't foresee. So when you, we're going to talk about this in a second, but like there's lots of signs of people being tilted, but pet peeves are one you can't pre-recognize, right? You can't prepare for because you don't know what someone else's particulars are. Do you guys have any? Uh, I, I, mine, I think are mainly have to do with attitude. <laughs> yeah. That's a valid one. I, I think if somebody has a bad attitude or is like just like saying things in like bad faith, I think that really rubs me the wrong way. When it's like, well, man, you're ahead. Like you gotta understand. And they're like, no, I don't understand, or whatever. Like if they aren't sure. gonna like listen to like, well, from our perspective, we're going to attack you. You know, if they can't even be like, that sucks for me, but I guess you know, like that's all I'm asking. <laughs> and if they yeah. can't get there, then that does rub me the wrong way. Okay, bad sportsmanship, maybe. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, my personal pet peeve is um, just like when somebody is like trying to interrupt the flow of play to like try and get their way. I think that like, yeah, that, yeah. that's a pet peeve for me for sure. Yeah, Kyle loves like game flow. Yeah, I, I, I like when it's like a continuous experience and we can yeah. experience the like ups and downs and stuff. But if some and you know, it's it's okay to like say your piece, but like then you've said it and we got to move on. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're a true musician. You need the rhythm to be consistent a little bit. <laughs> I, I, I like a solid game metronome for sure. I appreciate that. That's why I like Tetris so much. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think that's my pet peeve. I, looking at that, we have this like big list written down of like things that cause tilting. And like, I know there's at least one or two things on this list that definitely cause tilting in me, but that I wouldn't describe as a pet peeve. So I, right, I wanted to like, right. Be clear about well, I mentioned pet peeves because I just, I mean, I mean them more in a personal way. Like this personally irks me, but it might not irk everybody else. Right. Yeah. But I think you two chose two great examples that I think are pretty actually fairly universal, which is bad banners <laughs> and uh, just bad pacing, which I think is important when we're all <laughs> yeah. playing a board game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Those are great examples. Let's talk about other examples. Yeah, so I was I was trying to come up with all the things that could make you tilted. And the first one that came to mind is like when somebody takes an action that you believe is is it doesn't help anybody. Where you're like I feel like a confounding move. Yeah. Taking a uh, a a move action through sympathy that doesn't have to go through sympathy. Right. Yeah. Mm. Something where you're like wait, what are you doing? You know, like, because it's like you're throwing the game off balance outside of my turn. And and it's like you're helping a lot of times it's like you're helping the person that doesn't need the help or something yeah. like that. I'm going to give the point leader a point when I draw this. Card. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. I think that there's like, you know, maybe you're like trying to make sure the heat falls on them either way. Like, sure. there's reasons you could pull off certain. Moves. But it will cause the tilting that we're talking about, regardless of the context. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And maybe that's the the reaction you're hoping to get. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think I think actions that don't feel like they have a logical uh, thing cause people to get tilted now the problem with that is that that's completely subjective especially in a game with some hidden information and it's a four-player game like what might seem like an action that is not good for them or good for anyone or just bad for you uh, when they don't need to be targeting you might not be the case this is a really good point sam but i will say that i think a lot of what we're talking about is subjective today and because it's about emotions and our emotional responses right so i think we'd kind of always need to keep that in mind especially when you're listening to these examples if you're like well i wouldn't feel that way uh first off we'll get to that you might feel that way and secondly uh that might not be true for other people so consider that 
Yeah, I just think especially when you're talking about like that's a bad move, and I'm using air quotes for the podcast listeners, <laughs> like a bad move. It's like those are always subjective. So it's like I, I also just know that like it's really annoying to have somebody like be like try to play your game for you or be like, yeah. oh, you shouldn't do that. So it's like I'm I'm trying to make sure that 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 I'm not coming off that way either. Uh, I just know that both sides of that. Uh, both extremes of that uh, kind of dichotomy uh, will get you tilted. Yeah, that's a that's a good example of what Kyle was talking about, about like pacing, right? And if someone stops the play of action to say, this is what you should do instead, and then explains a multi-step turn, that's going to blow up the pacing in a not fun way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like that description of just blowing up the pacing. Yeah, it's, it really feels that way in the moment, so you're just like, okay. <laughs> you guys have the next one here is metagaming. Is that a kind of an example of what you're talking about? Is that uh, they're overthinking the game, or is that they're over-talking about the meta of the game? I think there's some different nuances here that are worth okay. going into, yeah. What, what yeah. were you going to say, Sam? I was just going to say that, like, metagaming has a lot that can get you tilted. Like, we're talking, like, Kyle always wins, so we have to attack Kyle. Like, I imagine that tilting Kyle, because it's like, oh, what? So Kyle's not allowed to play good? You know, is that is that the plan? <laughs> I'm not even um, allowed to lament my position. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, like, metagaming can be, like, the people at the table. Metagaming, especially in Root, could be like, oh, the Vagabond always wins, or something like that, where it's like, we have to do something about that, and somebody's like, I don't want to, and it's like, well, no, but you have to because of, like, how the game works. Um, or conversely, so, you are the vagabond and less experienced, and someone just starts attacking you because they tell you that's the meta. That would tilt you if you exactly. didn't know that's the meta. Yeah, especially when you're like, wait, so I just skip my turn? Like, <laughs> yeah, that could get yeah. you tilted real quick. Yeah. yeah, if you, and it's not like understanding the meta is like better than not understanding the meta. Everyone's at different points in their root journey. Mm -hmm. um, but I just, those are the kind of like meta factors we're talking about that could get someone tilted. I got tilted once by someone just saying, if you play moles, I'll attack you. Uh, and I was just like, <laughs> well, but you don't even know the board position. That was, was literally like my strategy going into the finals and it uh, <laughs> didn't work. <laughs> yeah. There's just like, I'm going to start attacking you if you are this faction. Felt like, it felt like a bad attitude, but it was a meta application and it got me tilted. I wasn't even in a game. It was in a discussion on a forum somewhere. And I was like, <laughs> I was angry. I wasn't even playing the moles. I was just angry at someone having that opinion. <laughs> Yeah, getting tilted on the internet is so easy, though. Yeah, no um, kidding. <laughs> um, I, I was going to say, though, that, like, I feel like I can kind of see it both ways with metagaming, though, where, like, if you have a meta that develops with your game group, then I think that metagaming is, like, kind of part of what's enjoyable about an evolving experience with a board game, especially a board game like Root, where you, like, learn harsh lessons <laughs> that the game <laughs> teaches you, and then you adapt and evolve over time and learn how to fight stronger you know the vagabond runs away with a couple of games you figure it out the woodland alliance is way too strong for the first couple of games you figure it out to an extent i think metagaming is inevitable yes but i think out of context metagaming is just silly like you <laughs> you have to reach a point where you understand the meta enough to know how hard you want to play the meta yep you know, you have to have, like, some facility with, like, an understanding of the game. Well, and the other player's understanding of the meta, though, right, Kyle? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, if you're playing uh, Root with your friend group, and in your friend group, there's a history of, like, 
the moles always winning than like when someone says, if you're going to play the moles, I'm going to punch you. That has a very kind of specific context, a mm-hmm. meta game context, mm-hmm. but a specific context nonetheless. Whereas if, if you're just like playing against, you know, equal opponents in a tournament, not as part of like your game group, I, I feel like that's not a sportsmanly way to approach the game at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. I, I think that you're right, Kyle. I'm not saying don't have any kind of meta gaming because I think Root is basically a meta game of like trying to figure out the balance of the factions and who's piloting them and in this situation, who's on top because you can't just look at the point track, right? So I think that's a, a good thing uh, to point out. And it kind of goes along with uh, one of the other things I've got on this list, which is same old story. I just feel like uh, you could get really tilted if you're like, the Woodland Alliance is going to win unless we set up martial law. And if people aren't doing that and you're like, and then they absolutely do that, the Woodland Alliance runs away with it again, then it's mm-hmm. like the same old story and it can be very frustrating. Um, so it, not having any meta gaming could cause tilting as True. well. Yeah. yeah. All right. Another one we got here, I just have in quotes says, no one is listening to me. <laughs> this one's a hard one. This, this is really <laughs> difficult. Especially if you're in the losing position. Yeah. I feel like the poor alliance gets in this spot a few times or people that are just like not having a huge presence on the board or like the crows mm-hmm. and just can't get a foothold and no one's letting them get a foothold. I feel like in Root, it this almost always applies to like trying to identify who's in a good position. Yep. And people are just like... Nah, but the Vagabond's, like, over here, so I'm going to go after them instead, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're just like, no, but guys, look, they can craft a coins this turn or whatever. And, and just people are, like, not alert to the threat. Or, like, you haven't found a way to articulate it in, in a comp- persuasive enough way. <laughs> well, that's yeah. the thing. It's like, it, t- it takes a lot of effort for them to maybe follow through with your request. Like, it requires you to go halfway across the map to do what they want, right? And most people, especially in the early game, really want to counter out of convenience, not out right. of pure <laughs> being it being the best thing for the whole table. It's rather yeah. about what's the best thing for that faction. Right. Yeah. And it, it's hard when, when no one is listening to you. I feel like last place, if you're in last place, people are listening to you. Yes, because yeah. you're probably not going to win, and your actions will very much echo who might win the game. It's like second place who no one listens to. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, but you just want us to take out the first place because you're going to benefit yeah, from that. Yeah, you know? yeah. Qui bono, buddy. <laughs> yeah, qui bono. Conversely, if you're in first place and you're trying to point out how second's going to storm well above you next turn, no one's going to listen. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Woe to the vanquished first place. Get out of here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The further up that score marker you get, the less your opinion matters. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Being targeted. This is going to be something that does feel tilting. I mean, I know I've, you know, participated in both sides of this, have been targeted. I've, you know, taken factions nearly out of the game with the help of the table. And I understand why that would tilt somebody because it's like you don't basically you don't get to play anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Or the fact that you feel like nothing I do is satisfying enough. Right. Or the like the blow is so punishing that there's not a feasible way back into the game. I feel like that's pretty tilting as well. I mean, there's maybe not much that you can like actively do at that point in the game anyway, if you're like totally knocked out of contention, like turmoil, etc. you know, all these ways to kneecap factions. If you get hit hard enough that you can't recover, I, it changes 
my mental state. Where I see this most common is where no one ever got started enough. They were targeted early. Yep. And so it's not that they had an opportunity and were wiped. It's that they never had an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's when people get real frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> and I think yeah. of all of these examples, most justly, like, that's, yeah. that's frustrating to not get a chance to really play the game to any level of uh, your faction's competency. Yeah. It's understandable. It's understandable. It yeah. And it, yeah, and it truly is a most likely a miscalculation on the part of the other players. Mm-hmm. If they've targeted you so much that you don't ever have an opportunity, um, is a mistake uh, that two of those players made, and one of the players made off really well. Well, so, unless you're moles, in that case, they made the right choice. Right. Well, <laughs> agreed, Jake. Yeah, because you're playing moles. We got to get you. We got to get you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another. Kind of angry to- just saying it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, another, uh, thing that can cause tilting is exhaustion. This, this is like, like literally sleep, like literally (laughs) sleep and just having the stamina to go through a whole game. If it's on tabletop simulator, that's a whole nother level of stamina. Lots of exhaustion factors can come into play. Yeah. I I don't think it's just sleep. I think it's also food and water. It's a lot of the main Maslow's hierarchy of needs, (laughs) honestly. Community. <laughs> well, it's not, I'm not being facetious. Like you, if you are stressed for a bodily reason or right. a psychological reason outside of the game, you're not going to just be able to omit that from your game. Right. If you haven't eaten for nine hours, your body hasn't been processing calories and is in a semi-starvation mode, right? So, it's your brain's not working optimally. That's just a flat fact. Yeah, yeah. You're as much as you want to think it. You're not some professional athlete who's like, oh, when I'm on the field, like everything else melts away. It's like, no, everything is additive yeah. in your brain, and your ability to parse wood and cardboard on a <laughs> fake tabletop is directly affected by that fight you had with your girlfriend. I'm sorry. It yeah, is. and that athlete is also coached by a bunch of professional traders, fed a nutrition program, and did get six to eight hours of sleep last night, as opposed <laughs> to you, who stayed up reading about the law of root last night till 4 a.m. <laughs> Do as much as you can, it says. <laughs> we should also talk about just flat-out bad luck, because this yeah, is where right. it most relates to tilting in poker, because totally. tilting in poker is caused generally by, like, a bad beat, which is where the odds were totally against you, even though you were invested in it heavily, or really... Just the odds didn't work against you on a maybe even a 50-50 shot or even less, you know, wherever you were emotionally invested in something. Yeah. I mean, bad luck is going to happen. You're not going to draw those bird cards. You're going to roll 0-0. Multiple times, maybe, in your life. I mean, there's a lot of people who lost tournament games based off of die rolls. There's more that lost based off of card draws, but that's just harder to calculate. I'll say there's more that lost off of being tilted. Than die rolls, yeah, yeah. I think bad choices were made. I think I mean we we can talk more about this, but I really think you can see a ton of examples of being tilted in the root winner tournament. I don't necessarily mean it determined the outcome of the game, but it determined enough. It determined enough actions that therefore determined the game. Yeah, there yeah, was some anger in that tournament at different games for yeah. sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and just and justly and unjustly, but that's also just the nature of the game. No shame on anybody who did that. I was one of them. I oh my god, my second Warlord game, I was so upset. You guys, I don't know if you watched. If you go watch that game, I'm not gonna link it because I'm so embarrassed about it. But <laughs> <laughs> if you watch it, I get silent for a solid 45 minutes because 
the mic is t- turned off because I'm just cursing myself. I'm like, I just have, I've hamstrung myself. <laughs> I, I played so suboptimally and there was a vagabond taking all of my stuff. I couldn't do anything. And what I did do, I was not good at. And so, I don't know. I feel like this is, this is something that is persistent across the board. Yeah, this is a, you're pulling a Kyle move here. You just, uh, you stay in the game, but you rage quit the conversation. <laughs> 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 yeah, I I think probably the most tilted I got was probably in the finals when I was it was mainly due to exhaustion I felt like cuz the game was very long and I'd never played a game that long. And I just felt like we were all taking our time yeah. with their turns in a way where I was like, "All right, like <laughs> several times on that stream you could hear me just be like, "All right, what are we doing? <laughs> Who's going?" Though that's also a slight symptom of having no referee to move it forward and sure. there really needs to be a vocal person being like hey guys we're still playing this game you can't just think forever mm-hmm. so i do forgive you for that but i did hear it in your voice still <laughs> oh i mean i yeah. feel like i was like playing for the lols at the end when i yeah, knew my sure. shot was gone sure and i and I, yeah i do think i was like you know i'm very invested as a host of a root podcast of root being a very like a cool game to watch and be into and to study. So I feel like I was like, and, and we're not looking good here. You know, <laughs> like this, this is the Super Bowl. And it's like, if the Super Bowl was like rain delayed, like three times, you stepped off to the field and went up to the booth and became a producer. Of the game <laughs> yeah, at that point. Really? <laughs> like, we need to keep this moving guys. Yeah. We're losing the entertainment factor. My Cut reputation's on the line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we but, got off yeah. track, but this is about bad luck still, though, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think tilting was actually a pretty dominant factor in a lot of outcomes of the Root Tournament, as a matter of fact. It definitely put games on pretty unpredictable paths, I will yeah, say. well said. Well said. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like if it was four bots playing, <laughs> a lot of those games would have turned out way different. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I mean, I don't even know what it would mean for a bot to play Root exactly, but um, just kind of imagining the most impartial, like, player trying to take each faction turn with the most precision and, uh, you know, optimal strategies or whatever. Like, I just feel like those games would have turned out a lot different. And the, like, human element, this, like, ability to be tilted and, like, have that emotional peaks and valleys throughout the game, um, it it created just way different pathways than otherwise may have happened. So that is kind of the signs of what causes tilting, right? But what are the signs that maybe either you yourself or another player at the table is experienced tilting? Because you don't know what caused it necessarily now, but you just see it occurring. Yeah. Uh, If uh, me watching my games back and chat is to be believed, uh, it's heavy sighing. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Push to talk (sighs) is helpful here. I don't. I I want. I want people to hear the sighs. I know there's a mute button. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, inflicting your size on other people is definitely a sign of being tilted. Um, I I would say, like, bouts of, like, curt communication. Yeah. Like, overly curt communication or no communication is also, like, a sign of being tilted. Mm, okay. um, here's one. Here's one. Uh, you, you, someone might be tilted if, <laughs> uh, if you hear him go. Uh, well, that's my game. 
Oh, that's me every game. <laughs> <laughs> that's Kyle every game, but... He, he that's a metagame strategy it. for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we'll get into that, too, because that's actually, I think, a valid use of tilting is to weaponize it. But um, I think that's totally true. I think when you hear someone say, well, I have no chance of winning now, they're pissed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when they say now, because that's in result to something that just happened. Right. That someone probably did something unjust to them in their estimation. Right. Uh, on, on Root Digital, this often results in uh, somebody just like fully quitting the game and yeah. an AI taking over. And uh, it's such an annoying element of, of playing Root Digital. But um, yeah, I, I do think that a majority of disconnects are due to tilting, like 97%, I'm going to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, if we're on this example, this is in real life. This is when someone stands up from the table, puts on their jacket and leaves the house. Or flips the <laughs> yeah. Table. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of what we're talking about today is if presuming people are staying at the table to play the game with you. Yeah. But I think this example is super valid. Yeah. No, they stand up. They put on their jacket. <laughs> they put like a, a robot that they made out of cardboard and duct tape, like in their seat to resume as their faction. And then they leave the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then then their faction just like moves from this clearing and then it can't build and then it just turmoils. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Little root digital humor. Yeah, that was just going to say, thanks for running with me on that, Sam. (laughs) Oh, you might be tilted if... um, You're just taking way too long to make a decision. I I also think that like, it's good to be thoughtful and pause, but if you are just like stuck in analysis paralysis, it could be because you're experiencing clouding emotion right analysis paralysis kind of is a clouding emotion in some sense right right i think like like you said kyle in your chess game like it was because you had a good move that you kind of put that pressure on yourself of like oh well now i really got to make sure that everything's in line going forward because that's how i'm going to win right yeah Mm -hmm. i i see this happen in every board game where people do this i see this happen in fifa when people are playing FIFA, you want to talk about rage oh. quitting. That's just like ha- how half half the games end. Is like <laughs> you're playing a game. Somebody scores one goal. Okay. Somebody scores two goals. Rage quit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's just how it goes. Rage fake an injury. <laughs> I don't. I get tilted watching football because of that stuff. That's bad manners, wouldn't you say? What? Uh, we won't get into it. You're going to defend it. I am going to defend oh, it. Oh, yeah. God. That's disgusting. <laughs> well, you don't understand. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't understand faking injuries. Yeah. You know what? I'll you... start doing it in root. We'll see how you like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, as soon as it's an endurance sport, let me know. We just talked about exhaustion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm letting you know. I played in a four-hour game of root, and I, I didn't run for a single second. <laughs> I broke my toe in a game of soccer with you, and I still kept playing. That's, That's true. true. That's true. <laughs> Uh, that's just that's just adrenaline at that point (laughs) yeah it really was (laughs) well okay do you guys want to keep going with sign options or i kind of want to keep discussing soccer okay (laughs) (laughs) okay Uh, i got one last one i got one last one and i'm not sure exactly how you would notice this in opponents but i i feel like it's it's somehow possible to notice uh and that's if you can see somebody like over or underestimating the like threats at the table Mm mm-hmm and you can kind of tell this from table talk a little bit, and you can kind of tell this from the moves they make. Um, but sometimes, and this goes along with root blindness maybe a little bit, but uh, I, 
wildly overestimating or underestimating somebody's relative strength is definitely a feature of being mm. tilted or somehow thrown off by yeah. emotion. I think an additional easy sign of that is whining. <laughs> Whenever sure. somebody starts whining, <laughs> you know they're not feeling good about it. Even if that person is maybe a whiner already. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> There's that. That is actually something we have to keep in mind, is if you're playing with strangers or friends, you kind of need to get a barometer for where they are already. Maybe this is part of that person's personality, and I think you should give people generally a bit of a benefit of the doubt so you yeah. don't let yourself get tilted by their behavior. Right, yeah, but it, it can definitely contribute to... A move, like we talked about earlier, uh, a move that is bad for everyone. Yeah. Kind of mm-hmm. thing, which can be tilting for sure. All right. So I feel like we've got a pretty strong, like, gauge of what it is to be tilted and the reasons we got there and what it looks like to, to do it. I, I want to get better in my own gameplay. Because, again, this this chess game I played was literally last weekend. Like, there, I have not solved tilting <laughs> in my own personal game, but I, I just want to improve and like get some strategies for like how to do better about that what are some ways that you've come across jake well your example was really interesting because you you fell into analysis paralysis right which i actually i want to push back on what you guys said is that it's a sign of tilting i think analysis paralysis can also be just part of the game sometimes is like you really have to figure out the puzzle and maybe you simply can't and that's not necessarily always a symptom of emotion Right. That could also be a symptom of just like, I can't figure this out. Yeah, that could be a logic (laughs) log jam. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's just too confusing right now. And there's too many variables that you can't predict. So that's a fair thing to have. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I think you shouldn't necessarily see analysis paralysis as necessarily a sign that you're tilted. But it is absolutely still a symptom of tilting. Um, So I guess here's here's our way of like, how do we deal with it? Well, first off, it's really helpful to recognize that you're in it and i think your only way of getting out of it is to not be pissed so actually right. maybe maybe let's back this up even further kyle the, the is the optimal goal to not be tilted at all right i yeah i guess so i mean because we're, so. we're saying that like tilt is like this layer of kind of foggy emotional confusion or frustration that like impairs your ability to play well right and, like not having that sounds excellent (laughs) right our goal in the game is to play well so if it impairs our ability to play well we do not want any impairments so we should try to minimize and eliminate our tilting right so great we know that's our objective if it occurs we need to get rid of it and uh when it's not occurring we need to avoid it yeah i just i i kind of want to err on the side of i think like prevention is the way to go. Here. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that once you find yourself in a situation where you're tilted, like even if people go like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, let's fix the board state so that you feel better, which is not going to happen. But in this like magical hypothetical world, let's say they do that. I still think you're just going to be mad that the first thing happened in the first place. Right. Okay. But you can't affect that, right? The thing happened already. Your emotional right? state afterwards now determines how you react to it. Right. So if you want to be angry, okay, you can choose to be angry about that, but it doesn't matter. This is actually a good tactic that poker players suggest is don't get pissed when you lose a lot of money on a bad bet. And or sorry, a, I think it's called a bad beat, which is where you you had 90% odds to win right. that hand against another person and the 10% came out and they they took a bunch of money in the pot from you. 
you that's a very common thing to be tilted by. But if it was less money, the outcome is still the same 10% chance of it happening. You're just letting it affect you because of the outcome. You can't change the outcome. It's in the past now. So now you need to deal with the results of that outcome. And it's better to do it without emotion. Right. It's better to do it rationally, I should say. Yeah, without without kind of succumbing to despair or relation or yeah, letting that impact your next decision, right? Yeah, yeah. So here's here's the two tactics I think. Uh, actually, let me back up. Sam, you're right. I think prevention is the best thing, but I think it's easy for us to all assume we will prevent it. And like before the game, be like, okay, let me remind myself these are the things I get pissed about, or these are the things that might happen, and I'm gonna be on the level, and I'm not gonna let myself get overly upset about them. But then three hours later. You know, the lizards crusade endlessly in your uh, clearing and you're cooked and you're mad. (laughs) It's going to happen. And it's also going to happen in ways you don't expect to. Right. So you have to be prepared to deal with it. And I think there's two options you have. You can lose the tilt and like really work to just counteract its existence. Or you can use the tilt which is where you kind of play into the role of being a victim. Because generally, most of the time, if you're making, if you have a logical reason for being upset, like someone picked on you, or uh, people are metagaming or having bad attitudes, there's a good chance the other players at the table recognize that, mm-hmm. including the perpetrator, honestly. So there's going to be some sympathy. And that goes back to our social credit we talked about in a previous Luku's Table Talking episode which is that you'll gain some social credit for that. It's like, holy cow, someone's really being picked on over there. I do actually have some sympathy for them. And in a four-player game, I might need their contribution to make sure the Badgers don't take it away in two more turns. Yeah, playing into it, and uh, we described it as weaponizing it earlier, mm-hmm. which I think is is a fun way to like make that a positive thing. Because I, I feel like being tilted can sometimes feel like this magnetic pull of like you can't get away from this feeling of being wronged or of just feeling this like something has to like blah it can be this very like magnetic thing it's hard to get away from but i think like using it to advance your table talk goals is an excellent way to kind of like do something productive with that feeling as opposed to just letting it run the show point out what someone else gained by your loss because generally when you're tilted you lost something like or a lot of things and like someone else probably in route gained that whether they maybe they didn't necessarily gain warriors on the table or items in their satchel but what they gained was your lack of presence and they have more freedom on the board that makes them in a better position to win point that out yeah i think the best uh move to make is to go you know well, that's my game. You know, you <laughs> no, say the no. phrase, you say the phrase, and you go, or you go. Well, hope you guys like moles winning, or whatever. <laughs> Whoever you paint that target. Okay, but so I, now you're embracing the warning signs, right? You're like showing that you're tilted by doing that, right? I think, yeah, I think you have to. I, but also, tilting can go too far. No one likes someone being tilted. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it is a turnoff to other people at the table. They won't work with you just because that you're upset. Pissy. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're pissy, especially, right? Yeah. Like, I think you can say a couple pissy things when it happens. Totally. To paint the target on the person you need that target painted on to get your game back online. Yes. Right. And then you need to be a, uh, 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 you know, on if we're following Ted Lasso, you need to be a goldfish and you need to re come into the game without that tilt. I think that tilt 
is only going to buy you one social move mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it is not a currency that people like to trade in. If you, I saw many tournament games where people got pissy and then people don't want to work with that person. Yeah. People don't want to listen to that yeah. person because that person is not talking about everyone's best interests. They're just talking about it from an emotional standpoint. They can read that a thousand miles away and they don't want to listen. Right. So I think that's, well, maybe the difference in what you're saying is like, yeah, you can say the phrases, but maybe don't say them in an annoying way or a whiny way. So you, you at least seem attractive. Like you, you want their sympathy, not their pity. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just saying that it, it it's it's when you say to use it to weaponize it, I think you get one shot with that. Mm, yeah, you got to be think careful. You get one social move. Timing is very important. Yeah, and it's like when it happens. You can't be like, "Hey guys, remember when I was upset?" Like, <laughs> no one cares. Oh no, no. You have to just be like, "Wow, I guess moles are gonna win." Hmm. Let that seed just seep into everybody's mind. <laughs> well, that's also a performance aspect that I think you you two are also particularly good at, which is that uh, you you let the statement speak for itself instead of over explaining why yes. the moles are going to win. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's really eager to be like, here's how the moles are going to win. And then you over explain and then you're just annoying other people. And 100%. then 100 percent. Then I'm like, molds deserve to win then. You know, I start yeah. to like argue against that person, right? That's a good play. <laughs> uh, hey, that's rude, baby. You know, somebody's going to win. Like, um, so yeah, I think that you, I, I think when we talk about using it or whatever, it's not like this like trick you have up your sleeve. It's like a moment you could yeah, use or yeah. you could not use. But losing it is still something you should do when you're using it. It's like, you still need to shed it. Like, even if you're yeah. using the role that you're playing as the heel, you need to be losing the, the cloudiness of your emotional yes. state. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually think that like having a moment where you do actually use that feeling to do something productive is like kind of the best way to be like, okay, I said my piece. Mm -hmm. Now let's get back in it. Yeah. As opposed to just kind of sitting in it and letting it continue, you know, like having a moment where you get to express it. I feel like that is a super good way to like resolve the tension there. Especially, like, if you find yourself angry, if you're experiencing the anger emotion or frustration, that generally provides energy and adrenaline to you, right? And while that may cloud your judgment, you still are going to get a lot done with that. So use (laughs) that energy wisely. Look at your board state and figure out how you can come back. Not how you can punch that other person in the face, but how you can come back and still build on your mindset. Because, I mean, I think we've all been tilted in games where we thought we were losing and getting picked on and found a way to come back because we got control of the board again, right? And that only came through diligent, like, patience and slowly, methodically figuring it out how to re-strengthen our position. Yeah, and I just think that, like, using that emotion to make the other players feel like that you're out of it. Yeah, that you that you don't see a way forward in your position gives you just a little bit of breathing room. Like no one's going to buy it when you really come back and your stuff's all back online. You mean as a heat shedding mechanism, right? Is like, okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Then Mm -hmm. it's like once I've been dealt with like, geez, well, it's my like my game's over. That's why everyone says this, because it's the best phrase to say in many situations of like, (laughs) leave me alone. 
You know what I mean? So that you can kind of get back into the game. But no mm-hmm. one ever believes it. In fact, I, th- I feel no. like we've said that somewhere else in this podcast of like, when someone says that, I don't true. have it on my turn is the other phrase that yeah, we should never bu- never it. believe. Never believe yeah. that one. <laughs> um, no, but it, I, I think these are both flavors of uh, trying to kind of channel the energy that comes with emotion yeah. into something that is like useful and helpful. Uh, the other thing, Jake, that I, that I like to think about too, um, when you're like, use it to get back in the game, this energy, I, I think of uh, the, the emotions that come with like being angry or being upset or frustrated as like, that's the perfect juice to use to like adapt to the situation. Cause that, I think that mindset of like, okay, yes, I've been hit pretty hard mm-hmm. and it really doesn't look like there's actually a pathway back. However, with the energy I have right now, I'm going to find a way to adapt to the situation and be scrappy and figure out how to take steps forward. Just like keep moving forward, figure out how to make it happen. I love the be scrappy line because that's what it is. is you're putting on the underdog suit. You are being the you are the person that everybody is maybe considering like maybe helping now. You need to be that person. Take yeah. that role. Right. That's great. Be the person people are going to help. And what doesn't help with that is continuing like a whiny attitude. That is yeah. going to actively repulse people from embracing you as that underdog. It's true. If, yeah. And if people get into a kingmaker situation, who are they going to help? Right? Yes. right? Not the whiner. I will yeah. never kingmake a whiner. No, you won't. No, and nor should you. <laughs> Winers should lose. Um, but that's the same we thing. Can, of like they're, I, they're telling me they want to whine. I'll give you a reason to whine. <laughs> Oh my God! Wow, this is our <laughs> dissertation on why <laughs> why we should we never have a doctorate in whining. Oh my gosh! I I have said multiple times in a root game when the winner is whining, and they're like, I can't win or whatever, and they're and I and I feel like they are going to win. I go, you better not win because all <laughs> we've heard this whole game is how you're not going to win. Yeah. So you better not win. <laughs> Another tactic I encourage all players to consider when either dealing with being tilted or considering their own tilts is to make note of it and review it because, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later, it's actually a little bit hard to remember your mindset. It's easy to find out your actions and just check back on the game log or watch the video if there was a VOD of it or uh, simply just look at a record of your turns and see what you did. But maybe take a little bit of lesson from your actual actions and assess it. As I said earlier, I have an example of me getting a little bit tilted playing the Warlord of the Hundreds, but I haven't watched the video, which I need to do. <laughs> but I already <laughs> learned my lesson, which is I was really pissed. <laughs> but you need to, self-ass- self-assessment is good in all fields. And if you're avoiding that because of the cognitive dissonance of like, oh, I acted that way and I'm embarrassed about it, it doesn't matter. This is a game. If you want to get better, you have to face that a little bit. Yeah, and and this is kind of, uh, this is a, a section that I wanted to get into a little bit, which was um, when we're talking about preventing tilt, um, a lot of that has to do with mental resilience. And one good way to build up mental resilience is to take a minute to like adjust your framework for how you are thinking about competition and mm. especially competition inside of Root, where we know there's a lot of um, different like luck elements, RNG, there's chaos at the table. Yeah. Adjusting your frame is something you can totally control and that can help you to have better outcomes in terms of tilt. So um, here, here's a couple of uh things to put on the fridge or whatever um 
This is just like some things I was thinking about. All right. So, so sometimes we need to compete with each other in order to discover and realize our deeper potentials in life. Ooh. And Root gives us the chance to experience real joy in that kind of activity. Here's a quote from Carlos Castaneda. The exhilaration of struggling hard against a worthy opponent. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you can take joy in the struggle, in the fight, then that is going to be a nice insurance policy against getting taken over by tilt. Yeah. Enjoying the struggle. Like finding the... I, I feel like people who are like really into fitness stuff have this thing where they're like, you always work at your edge, right? You find the edge where like, it is difficult to continue and that's where you that's where you find that exhilaration and that joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same might be said for Root. So here we go. The joy of competition is the deep satisfaction of feeling our fundamental human potency flourishing and coursing through us. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I love this, especially in connection with the magic circle, right? Because the exhilaration of struggling hard is still within the realm of our imagination. Your struggle is not really hard. You are not starving. You're not pushing your body to exhaustion. You're playing a game of woodland warfare. So (laughs) the struggle is in figuring out the puzzle and the social dynamic. Uh, So you can still get the exhilaration of it, though. That's the benefit of the magic circle is you can pretend that the stakes are high and it feels like the stakes are high, which is why you're letting your emotions uh, get involved. Yeah. But you have the safety of it not being real. That's true. That's true. But yeah, I I wanted to kind of like put those thoughts out there just in terms of the way you frame your sense of competition, because I know with Root, like all of us take Root pretty seriously and like treat it as a you know, something that we we approach at a very high level, right? Like, we want to win when we sit down at that table. That's the goal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, with that sense of competition, uh, that can kind of create that sense of stakes that can be unhelpful in our goal. Changing the way you're looking at the situation can can be a nice way to prevent um, the tilt from hitting as hard. I like that you mentioned stakes, too, because, you know... If you are tilted because you got pummeled in a way, you, if you can manage to win this game and really persevere, your story is going to be the best one. And Legendary. the stakes are real high. And you're yeah. going to like, <laughs> it's easy to just be in the lead and then the whole game and then just win because everybody fought amongst each other. That's not an interesting root story we want to talk about. We want to talk about someone who got board wiped and came back and mm-hmm. took over and did that through clever manipulation and patience and utilizing their underdog status. Yeah. That's a story I want to hear. Absolutely. Yeah. And it happens in Root. Yes. <laughs> I like to say Root is a game where literally anything can happen. This is a game where it's very capable. That's why <laughs> I think this game is so fun is because there are a lot of dynamics. As much as a lot of things are kind of figured out and then you know, quote unquote, a person's game is over at a certain point. That's I guess that's technically true, but there are still so many routes we haven't uncovered yet for pathways back into victory. So yeah. true. And it's the player's choices at the table that tell that story. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, like Jake said, like you could be in the lead the whole time and the other players fight amongst each other. But that's not really what Root incentivizes, and especially the players of Root don't want that to be the story of the game either. Yeah, what so, a dumb game. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> Right. I mean, like, that's why, you know, people talk about Euro route or like heads down route with less player interaction doesn't really make sense because the factions aren't perfectly balanced. And even if they were perfectly balanced, then it would come down to turn order. Right. 
Like the whole point of the game is that it's dynamic choices between the players and you must embrace the fact that that will mean that your game is robbed from you sometimes. And other times you're going to rob other people's games. And so I think those that kind of like Zen thing Kyle's talking about of like this, like embrace the struggle is one of the best antidotes to that getting tilted poison, because you'd be like, all right, well, I got bested, but I can still do what I can, you know, even if it is like, well, you know, uh, Jake robbed me of my game, so... I will rob him of his. You know what I mean? <laughs> if it's just as petty as that, at least then going forward, I don't know, you're yeah, you just got to love that that can happen. You know. Yeah. Okay, so I guess maybe that's that's a particular example of like a little bit of maybe treading into bad manners of like is your objective suddenly to become to ruin that other player's game or is your objective still to win? It depends on how bad the tilt is. <laughs> it depends if I'm playing against you, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we saw in the tournament of uh, people getting tilted and uh, attacking the people that yeah. ended their game to be like, if you... yeah. But I, I, I think to the com- benefit of the other two players. Yeah. I was just gonna say retribution is completely like instinctual, and there is a total incentive for the other two players at the table to like allow you to buy into that Mm -hmm. and to maybe even salt the wound a bit to (laughs) help encourage you to pursue that line right i I did that yeah (laughs) uh listener he has a real shamed look on his face like the dog who tore up all the paper in the trash and is hiding in the corner because he knows you know what he did that's sam's face right now yeah (laughs) (laughs) so like i've played in a game before where it's like somebody got tilted and wanted that retribution against another player and again if you're one of the other two players at the table you want it to happen (laughs) and i went so far as to point like the person was like oh man i wish i could attack the person who got me but i i can't you know the, the board state wasn't right for it and i was able to find a workaround on the board state so that person could get retribution for their game being ended and you told them verbally. I told everybody, and then they did that thing, and oh I goodness. won that game. Um, yes, yeah, there's that. So, like, I mean, those things happen. Um, so, obviously, you don't... Retribution will hardly ever win you the game of Root. It really won't. Um, but it is. it does... It's very satisfying. If you're playing with the same group of people, it does do something to the meta. Mm-hmm. It's primal, though, right? It's you, you said it, Kyle. It's satisfying. That's because your human instinct is to hit back. You yeah. feel insecure. <laughs> you're de- you're defensive, and you want to hit the person that's a, that's attacking you in a way. Yes, but it's not to your benefit in a game where the only objective is to win. Exactly. Right? It's not always the right step towards that end state where you actually sure. win the game. It yeah. it actually could be the thing that. like shuts the door completely but here's the thing if you're probably not going to win anyway like shouldn't you make sure that the person who took you down doesn't win um i'm gonna say no because you said probably which means there's a chance and if there's a chance and if that's our core object i mean you're rolling your eyes but like seriously that i mean that's why we're talking about tilting though right is because you let your emotions drive you towards an objective not oriented towards winning 
it towards retribution which retribution doesn't win you the game it doesn't get you further in the tournament i guess some of this is also contextual right like are we playing a game with friends where you want to punch your cousin because he punched you or are we playing in a tournament where we need to win this game zero sum well i guess my point is jake is that there are positions in route where you're like i can't win Mm -hmm. it's not going to get it back around to me there's like all kinds yeah. of real. If it's for sure. sure, if it's for sure, then like mm -hmm. you, I think it's fine to make sure that the person who unmade you is also unmade. Yeah, if if you're gonna, what is that king slaying? I guess yeah. in a way. Yeah. yeah, if or wind slaying maybe. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I think that is acceptable actually. If if and it's a, a guarantee that it's not coming back around to you, and you can prevent somebody who tanked your game from winning then i think that like in the game of survivor uh that's when you become a part of the jury and you get yes. to say no million dollars for you exactly <laughs> i totally agree with you because now your objective has legitimately changed which is retribution yeah totally <laughs> yeah i think that's fair because you yeah. because you can't win if winning right. is truly out of your grasp then yeah which kill that guy get <laughs> kyle <laughs> which i would say i would say 85 percent of when people are like really tilted is when their game is actually over. Sure. Okay. I think that I think anything that happens in the first really? couple of turns and they get tilted. Yeah, Jake, I totally agree with you. You can't just go out for retribution. There are plenty of scenarios where you're going to win the game. But towards the end of the game, well, you know, if someone takes away your ability, if you are like eight points away and the most you can score in your next two turns is like four points, you're not going to win the game. But that's the most appropriate time to be tilted because you literally can't do anything. And I get you. Yeah. Then that's just a matter of like, well, you're, you're going to have to calm down because you're going to have to go live your life after we clean up the game. You know, like, <laughs> it's like right. that, that that's just a matter of like just self-discipline and anger management mm -hmm. at that point. But I think it's more important that we talk about the times where you get tilted early on slash in the middle of the game because yes. you have a chance to let it affect a potential win, which is really wh why we're having this conversation. If, if it's at the end of the game, then you need to you need to address it with therapy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I, I think you're right. Yeah, we've, we've been talking about being tilted, all these things, but I feel like, I, I do feel like mainly people get tilted because of the result. Like you yeah. said, Jake, with the poker thing, like people get tilted because of the result of the thing. And if in order for it to feel like a result, they have to truly believe that their shot is over. Mm -hmm. And uh, But I agree with you. If you find yourself getting tilted early in a game, first of all, take a couple deep breaths. Yes. You have plenty of root left to play. Yeah. But yeah, like th that is the time where it's like a lot of crazy things can happen in route. I, I won a game because somebody just went too fast on their turn and missed their points. Oof. You know, um, we, we saw th lots of wild things can happen. So, so never throw in the towel, but also, you know, when somebody knows when their number's been called, I also respect that as well one other thing i want to cover today is we've been talking about tilting is like an, an anger or frustration inducing emotion right or i guess in the inverse your anger induced a tilt <laughs> but there's actually there's a whole other spectrum which we kind of covered with kyle which is that you're simply in an altered emotional state right kyle was kind of 
elated. And that actually caused him to be flustered and not tilted per se, but definitely clouded because he didn't know how to uh, react in the right way that felt like taking advantage of his advantage, right? Is that fair? Yeah. No, yeah. I, I was ahead, and to win, I should have just stayed ahead, and then instead I um, got a sloppy with my defense, and I, it fell apart. <laughs> yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recommend a podcast called Hidden Brain from NPR. There's an episode that was recorded in August of two, 2021. I'll have a link to the pod in the description below. It's called In the Heat of the Moment, and it's a series where they take a bunch of segments about the altered emotional states of people and how they reacted differently than they thought they would have when they were in a more rational state. There's a bunch of examples in this podcast episode, but I want to actually share one because I think it's a little bit relevant. And it doesn't have to do with anger. It actually has to do with elation. Uh, the first example in the pod they mention is an, an improviser, as a matter of fact. Part of improv is being a great listener and really listening for context clues, not only for the suggestions that are being made on stage and the dialogue that's occurring, but you're also watching their physicality in case they might give hints. You're listening to their intonation uh, to get any subtextual ideas that they may be presenting in their premise. And you're looking f to be creative within the limits that they set within their lines so you can expand upon the scene. So improvisers are really great listeners, right? And they really listen to context well. Well, this performer had a great night. They killed. The audience loved them. Their, their fellow actors were very complimentary of their performance. And as they walked out of the theater, there was a person on the street who was carrying a tripod. And they were walking down the street and they were like, do you want to buy this tripod? I'm selling it for only $25. And this person was high on the emotions of having a really great performance. And I know both of you theater kids have experienced the night of a really great performance and how great you feel. And it's hard to compare, right? Yeah. I mean, the only thing that can calm you down is going to Denny's with like <laughs> 30 to 40 other hyped people yeah, and yeah, forgetting yeah. to leave too big of a tip. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. For that poor one rate to waitress who had to serve 16 of you at two tables. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. I'll checks, please. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Any waiter or waitress who's listening to this podcast just got tilted. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. want to talk about tilted. Oh, my separate God. Separate checks. <laughs> <laughs> this woman was outside she gave it a great performance this guy this dude was selling a tripod seems weird 25 dollars. she's like i'm so excited yeah you know what i've been actually looking to make content i will use this tripod i'm actually considering it. and so she talked to him and was considering it and he's like i'm gonna throw in i have this 50 dollars amazon gift card i'll give you i just want 25 dollars." and she's like what that's a crazy deal and before she could even say yes he's like also i'll give you this box of stuff and he had a shoe box full of just junk of like coins and like a, a diamond cleaner and women's shoes and she's like what oh uh yeah sure so they went to an atm she withdrew money in 20s and she's like i'll give you i can only give you 40 dollars or 20 dollars will you take 20 and he was so nice he said you give me whatever you feel is necessary and she thought well he's so nice and i'm in such a good mood i'm gonna give him all 40 dollars and i get all this stuff including a 50 dollar gift card and this tripod and this shoebox full of these interesting things so she goes home and her friends are like, so some guy came up to you and you gave him money for some stuff he probably stole from from a car or something? And she's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, this yeah. is just a shoebox full of stolen stuff and a tripod. <laughs> and I just paid a bunch of money to a stranger for it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, she didn't realize how susceptible she was 
to the idea of something that's completely rational if she had just looked at it without a, with the cold emotion, right? Yeah, this is why buttering someone up at the root table is mm. just as good as being curt when you get, uh, you know, uh, battled against. You know, what what's an example of buttering somebody up? Oh, I just feel like um, being, you know, just like complimenting someone on their like vision <laughs> of the game. <laughs> Ooh. Good craft. I mean, building somebody else up is always a good idea because they take it as a compliment. Everybody else is like, oh, so someone's making a good move. So then you put some heat on them. That's where I always think you're doing it is like you're when you compliment someone, it's literally pointed to the other two people at the table. Yeah. You're like, wow, <laughs> good job crafting those coins yeah, yeah. and just pointed eye contact. Right. Well, that's a great starting position. <laughs> yeah. And that person was like, shut up. It is not. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a normal position. A kiss I, a of death of, right there. I feel like a lot of people do that to me where they're like, it's it's fine. Like they were really trying to back away my my compliments in the game. Yeah. Well, that's I think that's a valid thing. So yeah. you can you can we're not inducing tilting because again, tilting is anger frustration, but we're inducing an emotional state. So if you're if the game's going well for you, don't rest on your laurels. Keep going. <laughs> like don't think that you could just get away with it or think that you could take every opportunity and everybody's going to be generous. It's easy to get to feel that way to feel generous when you're in power. Um, I, I have a fun example of uh, elation being. Uh, a hindrance and uh so I, I ran a tournament for my third grade elective class it took place over like five weeks really long just like one game a week played with like among the kids in the class final game there was a just like a really nice tactic that one of my kids found and it was the the kid who was losing played the sack against the kid who was winning the kid who was winning was feeling so happy and like excited that uh he like overlooked the threat mm -hmm. and played right into a a blunder and the game just flipped oh. so fast and it was like this incredible moment um and and the the kid who originally was winning actually came back and won that game later on uh so the, like kids are more resilient than we give them credit for i think but yeah. Um, long story short, it's it's so easy to go <laughs> headfirst into a bad situation if you are not vigilant. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. So, like, happiness, uh, that doesn't help you play Root. Anger, <laughs> that doesn't help you play Root. Oh, Tiredness does tiredness not help you play Root. Tiredness doesn't help you play Root. So, like, what does? No, <laughs> I'm not saying don't be happy. I would say like <laughs> a deep existential like dread combined with some coffee. <laughs> um, I feel like mixed with like awe. Yeah. <laughs> it should become a real nihilist podcast all of a sudden. No. <laughs> uh, I think I think we're just saying that your emotions cloud your judgment. Period. Okay. Right. So when you're trying to make an objectively good choice in a game of calculation and warfare and strategy, you're going to want as little emotion involved as possible. And this actually kind of goes to maybe what we should talk about as the closer of this is like the magic circle element of tilting. Right. And Sam, you've talked about intentionally tilting other people. And I think it's important that we outline that like uh, ethically. Oh, go ahead. Wait, uh, did I talk about that? Didn't you? Didn't you say that you pointed out, 
to somebody who was already tilted that they could go take retribution as opposed to doing something that might help them towards winning the game. I'm going to stick up for Sam here for a second. I think smoothing the path to to retribution <laughs> is different from okay intentionally, intentionally tilting, tilting okay. somebody. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Then, then I have an ethical question for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Should you intentionally tilt other people? I mean, it is a good way to get an advantage, right? Because we've established that, like, if you're tilted, you are going to play worse and mm -hmm. probably make suboptimal choices and be play reactively. Uh, and so if you can induce that state into your opponents and make them play worse, like, that should theoretically, in a vacuum, get you closer to victory, right? In a vacuum. What do you mean by that? Um, if you never had to interact with them as human beings. <laughs> yeah, there. An important vacuum is that they no longer <laughs> exist after this game. Yeah. <laughs> as human beings. I don't know. I'm looking at the things that we said cause tilting. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, which one of these would you choose to do? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to do any of them without being like a table villain, right? Right. Yeah. I, I truly don't know if any of these things, like, I hear what you guys are saying, like, I, I'm all about playing into it. Sure, sure. Once it's kind of like organically happening, but to to intentionally tilt to like uh you know bring the tilting origin to somebody to have that as a plan. I don't know if that's gonna work. Um, mm -hmm. uh, here's what I'm asking. I guess is like I think number five that we mentioned, which was being targeted. I think that's largely a perception thing in a lot right. of cases, yeah. and I think you can feed into that perception. Yes. Um, yeah. or intentionally or unintentionally, and maybe that's an opportunity to cause tilting. The reason I'm bringing this up is because I think ethically we shouldn't cause tilting. We should not, in general, because. Outside of the magic circle, we're all human beings, and we should treat each other with respect and do unto others as we would have done unto us. And so we should be kind. Um, inside the magic circle, we're ruthless monsters who need to win this game. As long as that barrier is clear, I don't always know that this line is clear in terms of tilting. If we're in a yes. tournament aspect and there's competition on the line, I think it's probably an okay thing to either encourage or let someone get tilted and not help them if this is a group of your friends i think you need to absolutely encourage them to remember that this is a game and we're all having fun and we're in the magic circle and bring in the magic circle and not pick on your friends and ruin relationships also there's a finite amount of people that play root and we need all of us so don't alienate <laughs> yeah, everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to scare anyone away yeah yeah, yeah we're, we're a big tent over here in rootland for yes. sure yeah. yeah yeah and i think that it makes sense to play into tilting as it serves your competition and serves you uh, trying to win. But I don't think that you can fabricate it. I mm -hmm. don't think that you can set it out as a game plan. And I don't think that you can like make someone get tilted who didn't feel these things beforehand. I think that you're right. Playing into their feelings of these things as it serves your needs is a, excellent underhanded way to uh, uh affect the table without costing you any actions or cards or battles or warriors uh but it's it's more the dark arts and it's the subtle stuff dare i say it is staying on the ground a little longer to kill some of that clock off in stoppage time of a soccer game <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I actually think it's there's another soccer related example that we could get into which is kind of like playing the player instead of the game mm -hmm. a little bit. Oh, boy. Um, which this could maybe be in, like, metagaming somewhat. 
Um, but I do think that kind of futzes with the magic circle in a in a way that can be that can lead the game to to reach like unclear territory uh, in a sense. Instead of like looking at the game state, you're trying to like create some reaction in a player. I think that that to me that kind of crosses a line, right. and we are outside the magic circle suddenly. Yes. Bit. And I think I think we also tend to judge people at their worst if we see them in that way. So we're if we're if we're looking at a person at their most tilted, that's not how that person is ninety nine percent of their life. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> so let's not let's not criticize people in that way. We can criticize their actions, we can criticize their behavior, we can criticize their turn. <laughs> but like this isn't them as people. This is this is them tilted thanks to something someone else did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in yeah, being charitable about yeah, how we frame a situation, especially after a game that's been a little bit heated. Uh, I think that's that's an important way that we can all come back together and still enjoy this game. Yeah, it is a war game. Feelings will get hurt. <laughs> that's yeah. kind of like par for the course a little bit. So yeah. like know that going in, but still like inside we should of be... the circle, this is war. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're going down. Yeah, I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> well. That pretty much wraps up tilting. Should we talk about the future? Oh my gosh, you guys! As we go we're not, on, we're not quitting. We remember. Uh, Jake all. is actually currently drifting out to sea, like <laughs> in a boat. I'm about to shoot a flaming arrow out. So. <laughs> I'm still alive in the boat, thinking I'm going to go to an island. But I'm like, wait a minute, is this we a got a pyre and I didn't know it? Fifty-three episodes really fast, Jake. Oh, this thing, this boat reeks of kerosene. <laughs> man. Yeah. So, uh, lots of fun stuff going on with uh, Root this summer. Um, we are going to be exploring all the hirelings and stuff, so we can have those uh, episodes for season three. Uh, we don't know exactly what season three is going to look like. But I know we're covering the hirelings. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're definitely going to have an episode about Lost City. In fact, I haven't cleared this with anyone. But I think that we should have a new uh, channel on the Discord that is just about season three episode ideas. Oh, that that's a doable thing. That everyone is welcome to contribute to. We will get the thread started. Um, but listeners, if you haven't already, please join the Good Time Society Discord. We've got the Woodland War Machine channel in there, and we have lots of sub-channels. And there will be a new sub-channel that is Season 3 episode ideas that you are welcome to contribute to. We need your ideas. Yeah, like Jake said, we're a bunch of improvisers, so we're really good listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Free writing things ahead of time is really annoying. So um, <laughs> we're we, bad workers, is what we're saying. <laughs> no, Don't we're good creators. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we want to make the show that you guys want to hear. So we want your episode ideas. Uh, uh, send them all to us. We will be uh, gathering those over the summer in prep for our big season three reboot. Yeah, and I hope to cover a lot of hirelings and landmarks specifically because we've kind of staked our claim on all of the factions. We've talked about fighting against the factions. Now what we're going to explore is the new stuff, and these new things can really 
play a dramatic role in root games. Between the landmarks and the hirelings, we have a lot more variables at the table. So it's your job, Wimmies, to give us some data. Start playing yeah. a lot of games, and honestly, start giving us your hot takes. I would love to know. We we set some claims in our last episode about those uh, hirelings and landmarks, and we've already been proven slightly wrong in the Discord, which I'm very excited about. Uh, I want to be proven wrong because I want to learn more about them. So please show us new mechanics, show us new examples, and show us new faction interactions that we haven't seen get us some data uh as for us uh there are some light plans to do some content between season two and season three mainly our ideas are going to be in the form of streaming things so there may or may not be anything on this podcast feed however if you check out good time society or uh, keep with us on the discord we want to do more root RPG stuff. There's ideas for us doing some like exhibition games where uh, we, uh, Jake, Kyle, and I might play against other root content creators or just uh, different uh, great root players and whimmies alike. Um, and then there's a small off chance that my work is going to send me to Gen Con. So you're going to want to keep up with the Discord, because if I'm going to Gen Con, my goal is to meet as many Wimmies as possible. Again, oh, yeah. I, I'm i going to play as much rude as possible, I, I and I'd love to get as many pictures with listeners as possible. So if you're going to Gen Con, uh, please uh, let us know, and I'll see if my work will send me. And you work at Les Schwab Tire Center? That is correct. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, assistant manager at Les Schwab Tire Center, but... We got to drive somewhere. Yeah, exactly. So uh, <laughs> if you want to help Sam get to Gen Con, go ahead and contact Atlas Schwab on Twitter and all social media, specifically the Sandy and 39th location in Portland, Oregon, where Sam works, <laughs> and let them know you want them to drive him to Gen Con. Yeah. Yeah, it really puts the tread on my tires when to see <laughs> Sam go to Gen Con. <laughs> Hashtag drive to Gen Con. Um, <laughs> uh, I had an idea for a stream... All right, so it's it's a stream where we all play Rupa. We're all tilted. So it's like, <laughs> it's Only all tilt. tilted. We all get intentional. Oh, I was gonna say, yeah. we all get intentional fights with our significant others. <laughs> uh, just watch like movies by like directors that make you really mad. <laughs> we all watch Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm stressed really out and exhausted. And, yeah. <laughs> just look up like climate change data. <laughs> <laughs> That's great content. We should absolutely do a tilt stream. Yeah, tilt stream is fun. <laughs> While we're on hiatus, Wimmies, you obviously have a little homework of the hirelings and the landmarks, but also... Yeah, you lazy. <laughs> okay. If we're creating content for you, you need to give us something, too. Come right? on. Yeah. This is a two-way stream. <laughs> I also want to know, like... What tilts you, and how are you dealing with your tilts in general? Mm. Are like I've I know a number of players in the Witter tournament uh, who got tilted are also on the Discord. I want to hear about your personal development. Let us know what you're thinking about your own emotional states in games and how you can improve upon it, uh, and your own tactics as well. Because we've kind of given some of the things that we know how to deal with, but I'm sure there's a lot of more suggestions out there. Oh yeah, this is a an incredibly broad topic and a very incomplete picture of uh, honestly like. I think it's one of the least discussed elements of playing Root at a high level that we got. I'm excited that we're able to like chat about, and I want to see you guys shed some light on it for us, too. 
I think whenever we talk about strategy in, and I see this a lot in the Woodland War Machine Discord, uh, and also like the Woodland Warriors of people just assuming everybody else is a rational actor when you talk about a strategy. Like, well, if you do this and do this, the people are going to do this. The whole people are going to do this situation is n- rarely true. <laughs> Not you can't take that for granted. <laughs> you ha- you you shouldn't because people have a lot of baggage and context that they are bringing into their choices, and so it's too much of a variable to not address. So whether that's you experiencing tilting or other players at the table experiencing tilting, there's going to be suboptimal play in every game. So you're going to have to figure out how to work around that. That's great. Or work with it. Any more homework for these lazy bums? Mm, I don't know. You guys, any requests from the, from the listeners? I feel like we've given them a lot to do. Well, I've got one last uh, homework assignment, but this one is for... Uh... A Mr. Kyle Atchison. Oh. <laughs> um, Kyle, I believe you have something in your inbox you got to check here. What? Oh, an inbox. Oh, something has been shipped? Uh-oh. Okay, something is coming to my apartment. What's coming to your apartment? Here at 577 okay. uh, McMurdo Base, Antarctica. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I have no clue what this is. Sam, what, what's my homework? <laughs> have you seen this? Did you follow the link? Did it show you? The, the shipment includes the following items, and then it says item and description, and there's just nothing beneath that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I hope that something does arrive, because uh, I wanted to close out one of the arcs of our podcast by I spent my tournament winnings on a base game and a river folk expansion for you. So you have to do a an unboxing video is your homework. Kyle. Oh my god. <laughs> you got this is you're the best friend in the world. <laughs> you guys Kyle is tilted with tears right now. Yeah, no, this is just so I can get an edge on him in the next game. I could not play a game of root right now. I'd be hopeless. Um, if you, we were seriously, playing, I'm going to be like, uh, I'm sorry. Who I bought, bought you, you this game. <laughs> <laughs> You're playing lizards because I gave it to you. Yeah. Every single meeple is precious. Um, I, I, can, I can't even tell you how happy it made me to open up the Marauder expansion and just like hold in my hand all the little like components and stuff. And so to have a real base game. <laughs> <laughs> and Riverfolk expansion. And Riverfolk expansion. Oh my god. Yeah. I, uh, you'll have to get the mind. Underworld expansion yourself. Either that or wait till I final get to the finals in another tournament. Oh, I'm <laughs> earning it with a, a gift card from an, a Root final. That's my yeah. goal. <laughs> but Kyle, welcome to the club of Root owners. Oh, yeah. <sighs> this is... I could not have asked for a, a better end to episode 47 of the Woodland <laughs> yeah, War Machine podcast. That big round number 47. <laughs> well, I've got a good ending to episode 47. You ready? Yeah. Root! 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 Root!